Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure. We have... Malamara. Van Stalen. And Filippo. Last we left our adventurers, we found them interrogating a cultist they had captured who tried killing them in their sleep, but they quickly turned the battle around. After they finished interrogating the cultist, they had offered them up as a sacrifice to Bahamut, as they had found this cultist to be a true devotee to Tiamat. After using this information and Mal casting her Find Familiar spell, they were able to chase after the kobolds. And after a few hours of just sprinting and expert tracking done by Fleeple with the assistance of Lance, they were able to veer back to the main road towards the kobolds and quickly dispatch of them. After finishing their long rest and feeling refreshed, they continued forward on a path towards the cultists with a plan in hand to gather information and then see what they could do to assist in freeing these prisoners. With this in mind, Lance was leading the party down the road, Fleeple taking a more subservient character position, being a cobalt, and Mal keeping her eye on the skyline, finding somebody crouching on top of a boulder near the roadway. As they approached and they tried to have a discussion in plain sight of this individual, about 12 yards away from them, this individual stood up with her crossbow and four others popped up around them, initiating combat. So, as we begin this session, I need everybody to roll initiative, please. Oh my, dang it! My initiative rolls are so good! All right, 20 to 25. 15 to 20. Oh, no. 10 to 15. 12. <laughs> 5 to 10. 7. 7. Hey! Hey! Yeah, low initiative. No! Oh, man, everybody. This is going to be interessante. Yeah. Time to die. So maybe we will get to see whether Fleeple or Lance will get replaced with the bard. <laughs> so... As all of you are crouching, not in a prone position, at 45 feet away from these individuals, these cultists pop up, and they do, they are cultists, they're wearing the full black garb, and all of these have slightly pointed shoulder ornamentations on them, similar to some of the higher leadership that you saw in the uh, raid on Greenest. What rank are they? It's unclear, but you know that these aren't just lackeys that you're dealing with here. So, the four that pop up on the rock on the west side and the rock on the east side, they let loose a bunch of crossbows. Wait, they're shooting at us even though we're all dressed as cultists. And that is correct. Yes. Wow. Well, that ruined it. <laughs> okay. So, they all are going to divvy out amongst you, and let's see. Why would they shoot at us if we are literally dressed as cultists? Cobalt, you're, uh, not Cobalt. <laughs> Fleeple, you're gonna get two shots. Okay, so Fleeple, that is a 7 and a 19. Uh, 19 hits. Okay, so you're gonna take... Oof. It's gonna be 7 points of piercing damage. 7. Oh boy. Yes. Mal and Lance. That is going to be... Lance, that is a 19 to hit. Not hit. And Mal, that is a 15 to hit. Oh no, it hits because I didn't cast Mage Armor. Okay. 
Okay, so Lance, you take two points of piercing damage. Mal, you take six points of piercing damage. So three crossbow bolts. All of you take a pretty big hit here, and those are the cults' turn here, and they start yelling to others, and there are more that are popping out from behind rocks even further away from you, so that they're about 60, maybe 70 feet away from you currently. What are they yelling? Uh, Just to, we've got enemies! Get up! I don't understand this. Just immediately judge. They know the whole camp. They know every freaking face. So, you see these two humanoid creatures. They are, uh, one of them uh, comes over from the west side. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And it is a blue-skinned tiefling. And it's going to look at its party members and it's going to mutter something and throw its hand toward the party members. That's all it's going to do on its turn. But you see a similar robed individual who is a female half-orc and she is going to come onto the road and do a similar action towards the three on the east rock. And that's going to be their turn. So Mal, it is now your go. Okay. Uh, Seeing this, that we're outnumbered, seeing that these are people that, they are cultists, right? Uh, Very obviously cultists from the garb and from the previous enemies that you had encountered. She'll touch her chest and quietly whisper our, the incantation for Armor of Shadows to cast Mage Armor on herself, just in case. And then she will drop to her knees and put her hands up defense, or not defensively, is that defensively? Surrender-like? Surrender-like, sure. She'll put her hands up surrender-like and shout out to them. We, we're from Boulder's Gate. We, we were told to, to, to come find the, the dragon cult is here. Is that is that you guys? You look like we have the same stuff on. That's all she'll do. Okay. Go and roll me a deception check now. Sure. That's not great. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. We'll see the result of that as we are technically still in battle here. On the east side rock, after you make this announcement, there's this one individual who stands up, and this is a much older individual. Very almost grandfatherly except that they are just jacked their body is just fills their armor they've got they turn their face and they've got a scar on their cheek that is deforming their face a little bit this is a human and they lift up with both hands this massive heavy crossbow and they point it at you and they say from Baldur's Gate you say she'll nod nervously just without saying anything, just nod. How about the two of you? You also from Baldur's Gate. And that's all this individual will do on their turn. So, after that, Lance, it is your go. Lance and Fleeple, you have the same initiative technically, so you can work in conjunction with another if you'd like. Okay. And seeing what Mal's doing, I'm gonna go, I was working with Bartow near Greenest, and we ran into these two, and they said I should bring them back to the main camp. Okay. Go ahead and roll with advantage on that. Oh boy, deception! Not but a deception good. check. Not was that in draconic or that was your character? Uh, in common, so that they'd be able to understand me, but not in my proper tongue. In a in a rough and tumble sort of thing. Okay, that's actually not horrible. That's a modded twenty. Okay. Lance, in addition to this, are you waiting to see a result, or are you? I I'm just going to. 
I'm not going to do the surrender thing like Mal is doing. I'm going to kind of like take a step back and pull out my short bow and aim it at the dude who's talking to us. But I'm not going to fire it. I'm just going to be like, this is a very crappy way of recruiting people into this cult. I, if this is the way you greet us, I don't know if I want to join this crap anymore. Well, well, hold it, Trigger. Hold it. They're going to they're gonna take us there. Don't worry. And I'm just holding it there, and I will hold my... I'm trying to play up what Mal's saying, that we've been recruited, but I'm going to hold my action, because if they don't buy it, I want to shoot him. Gotcha. Sounds good. Uh, just for clarification, so uh, ju- I think you've already said it, but I just needed clarification. You are dressed as cultists, right? Yes. We are all in cultists, and we're wearing the pendants. So you are wearing the pendants, and you're wearing the garb, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The older gentleman, he looks at the rest of them, uh, his party, and goes, uh, Hold your horses, everybody. Just a second. And he jumps from the top and catches himself on the ground, sets the heavy crossbow down, but the cultists have all of their crossbows trained on you. They haven't let go. And he starts to slowly walk over to you, step by step. And... We're loosely out of combat right now, unless somebody would like to take an action. I'm still holding my bow up, just because I'm very defensive right now, <laughs> for multiple reasons. He walks over to you, and he comes over. Fleeple, he totally ignores you. He goes, well, I imagine Bartos one of your grunt officers. And he spits right at your feet, and he stares at the two of you. Lance, looking at you holding your bow and arrow, doesn't seem to be upset or disturbed by it, but he sees Mal, who's surrendering, but also has this shimmering magic swirling around her and says, You got a little bit of magic in you, eh? Again, nervously nods. He just leans down to you, Mal. He grabs your face and jerks it up and just kind of looks at you like he's examining. He looks down, he sees your robes. Sees the pendant. He goes, you mind telling me how you got? And he grabs the pendant. One of these. The guy gave it to us. He, he gave us folded up robes and he, he gave us these necklaces and he, he drew us a map to come here and that this is where we are. Is that Are we not supposed to have these? There were a lot of casualties up near Greenest and Bato said that these might help us to get through a bit easier. And he's just like chewing on his lip, chewing on his cheek. Staring at you, Mal, really sizing you up. And I kind of lean in towards him, all flunky like, and I'm like, Bato said Mondath would really want this one. Got powerful magic. Mm. Take these necklaces off. And he looks at you, Lance, says, Take it off now. Until people more important than me say you can keep them, you take them off and hand them over. And I'm just muttering, oh, Bartho's going to be in so much trouble for this, oh boy, oh boy. Mal keeping with the stuttering subservient air will quickly try to take it off. It gets caught on things and she pulls it and finally is able to get it over her head and off. She puts it on the ground. Really giving this air of subservience, right? He's just staring at you, Lance, still holding up the bow. Lance is thinking. (laughs) Look, we got healers in the camp. Lance is just going to say... I was told once I put this on, I should never take it off to show my devotion to the Dragon Mother. Well, I need to make sure that you've earned it in the first place. So take it off and we'll check with the camp. Dang it. I want to, I want to like, try and, like, get his freaking respect. 
Lance will lower the bow and he'll put it on. He'll say, I respect the Dragon Mother more than you. I'll listen to her. If you want to chop my head off after we get in the camp, fine with me. Go ahead and make an intimidation check, my boy. Jake, did you take... Does Lance take off his scarf or is his scarf still on? No, my scarf's still on. Oh, so you got that yellow scarf uh, still visible, right? Yeah, yeah. Great. No, it's not that good. It's 10. Uh, He walks over to you, Lance. And as he walks over to you, um, he's going to attempt a grapple here. So we're going to have a... He's going to roll strength check. And you can do a dex or a strength. Trying to decide if I should cast guidance on this guy. (laughs) (laughs) On him? (laughs) Not me? (laughs) I mean, Mal and I are probably looking at each other being like, oh man, don't ruin this, don't ruin this. Okay. Would you roll dance? I'm rolling right now. What am I doing? I'm acrobatics I can. So it could be, uh, yeah, do acrobatics or athletics. That's 21. 23. As he comes over to you, he walks pretty casual, but as he gets within five feet of you, a burst of speed just comes out of nowhere. It surprises you. And Lance, you see him. You're able to see him. You kind of, you grab one hand, and as he grabs the other, he forcefully like grabs your chest, yanks, and then he sort of like kicks you back a little bit, ripping the necklace off, and you stumble back, and it's very painful. Like he he dug into your skin, he kicked you back. Like the wind was almost, was pretty much knocked out of you. And as you're bending over, catching your breath, he leans down with his mouth in your ear and he goes, you got a lot of guts standing up to one like me. We'll see if that'll pay off. And he just walks away with your necklace in his hand. I'm just going to shout. I'm going to get that back. Very quickly look at like, <laughs> look at, um. Uh, Fleeful and Malamar and just be like, huh. <laughs> like I'm trying to try to build a character here. <laughs> As this uh, individual is walking back, he just yells, stand down, everybody. Just some low level grunts. And everybody lowers their crossbow bolts. And we are effectively out of combat now. And he points to uh, the two, the tiefling and the half orc and say, you get them. And they start walking towards you. As they're moving towards us, I just, you know, completely fawning and stumbling over myself to try and please these guys. I reach into my pack and I pull out uh, some sausage and some cheese that I stole from Bevan. And I'm all like, uh, an offering for you. And the tiefling uh, as walks up to you and goes, shut up, you impudent little. I was going to say squirrel, but that's not threatening <laughs> at all. <laughs> So it just says, oh, shut up, and just walks past you. Okay, okay, okay. And I just like slink backwards. And as you're slinking, the half-orc run, like just the hand comes out of nowhere, grabs it, and just, <laughs> and just starts eating the, the food that you were offering. And so the tiefling comes up to you, Mal, in particular, and goes, well, you have a bit of magic in you. Hm. We'll see if that lets you into our ranks. And the half-orc just comes up to you, Lance, and just kind of arms crossed and grunts and motions for you to walk towards the rest of the cultists. I will comply. I will walk. She'll get to her feet, but still have her hands um, up and shaking, just trying to really build this idea of non-threatening. 
especially because she is so tall and she is so big and half orcs have that um, reputation. She wants to feel very subservient to that. That's that's why I was told to come. They said that I, I could do something with my magic here. Oh, shut up. Put your hands down. She will immediately. You'll have to get a little bit of a backbone if you're going to get anywhere here. All right, after me. Come. And just turns and expects you to follow him. So, as you walk into the middle of the camp, you see that there were there was one more cultist a little further down the way who has popped out of another rock. And the half-orc and the tiefling lead you off eastward into the tree line away from the rest of the camp, or away from the rest of the cultists who seem to be resuming their position, crouching down on a boulder and uh, getting ready for any stragglers along the way. They seem to have bought your act up to this point. So uh, way to go. As you walk into the camp, it's just the half-orc, the tiefling, and the three of you. And in the camp, the tiefling goes, Runt, get us a pot of water boiling. And I just immediately rush to it. Well, from Baldur's Gate, you say. It's quite a distance to travel here. I, I, I guess, yeah. There's not many camps nearby. I suppose we are the closest one. Yes. But you uh, came upon us in Greenest, or that little thing over there found you? Right outside of the town, yes. When did you arrive in that town? What, sorry, what do you mean? We were, we were on our way here and had to pass by Greenest, and that's when they found us. Oh, so they let you go through Greenest, wearing all of that? No, we were given the robes right outside. While we were walking through, we noticed a bunch of smoke when we were coming up on the town, so we skirted around it. Found a couple of dead comrades, if you were. I'll take out the ceremonial dagger that I have. Be like, one of them before they died gave me this. Killed off a couple of guards who were hunting, then came here. Well, we'll see soon enough if they truly were your comrades. <laughs> <laughs> Just an angry look towards you, Fleeple. The half-orc sitting next to you, Mal, goes, Where do you originally hail from? Deliberately not looking at the half-orc, just staring straight down at the ground, wanting so desperately to reach for her sword. Mal grips her hand and just tries to keep her voice even. Up north, I'm I, I'm originally from the spine of the world. I, um, I, I work on caravans. Going up and down the, the coast. Spine of the world. My, you are far from home. <laughs> I've never been north of Waterdeep myself. Curious, where did you get your magic from? It was something I discovered that I could do. I, I don't know very much about it. It, it just kind of recently happened. Hmm. Do you let your rage fuel your magic then? And there's an eagerness towards... Uh, this woman's voice as she speaks to you and she's describing this the source of your magic. Mal will sharply look up into her eyes and allow that rage to come forward in her face as well. Yes. The half-orc just stares at you and she grins and she goes, <laughs> Seems we might be kindred spirits, you and I. Not many of our elevated cultists as you might call it, are from breeds such as ours. And she's just sneering, uh, half sneer, half smile, half grin as she's uh, looking at you saying this. Thomas, are we just 
sitting around a campfire kind of thing or sitting in a camp? Yeah. So right now you're not like immediately off the road, but you are, you're not too far from the road and you're just sitting there, not moving. And it's just you and these two, the tiefling and the half orc right now. Nobody else has joined you. Could this be, well, depending on time, could this be considered a short rest? Because we're just sitting around. Uh, I will let you know when enough time has passed for a short rest, if applicable. But thank you for bringing that up. And the tiefling just goes, well, I have to say one thing I hate is uh, being rear guard duty. It's incredible waste of my time. What? What's rear, sorry, rear guard duty? What is? What does that mean? My goodness, you are fresh. Ugh. To make sure nobody was following us, we are left behind as a real guard to take care of any stragglers, those that maybe weren't worthy or who might have tried to pursue us. Until we know who you were, we thought you could have been somebody trying to pick up our scent, follow us. So you're saying you're sucky at your job. And the tiefling male just quickly looks at you and goes, well, aren't we a brash one here? I thought that's what you needed, a little bit of a spine. A little bit of spine will get you far. Insolence and disregard for leadership. Ah, that'll get you scrubbing pots, or worse. I don't think you're very high of a leader if you're stuck on rear guard duty. Uh, Lance, as you as you say this and stare at the tiefling, you just see a in one of the hands. The hand just starts to I, I don't want to say sparkle, but like ignite with like electricity and just tenses before it closes into a fist and just gets smothered. And uh, the tiefling yells, Grunt, where is our tea? Oh, uh, well, the water just finished boiling. Uh, I didn't know you wanted. I'll, 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 go, I'll, go, I'll go give it to me now. And I uh, go rushing off in search of tea. So if you're the rear guard, does that mean that you guys were involved in the smoke and stuff that happened at Greenest? The half-orc, uh, she pipes up. Oh, yes. Yes, we, uh, we had quite a fun time there. <laughs> Interrogating, capturing, setting ablaze. It's a shame you missed out. Why didn't you finish it off? Well, we didn't need to. We had gotten what we came for. What's that? What could Greenest have? Well, Greenest, uh, was... And the tiefling goes, Ovak! I think you would do best to shut your mouth for a little bit here. And the half-orc, she just... Mm. Oh, we had gotten what we came for. Grunt! So, uh, when they sent me off to find tea, uh, I went maybe a little further than necessary. I'm trying to get kind of uh, a lay of the land of what this camp is looking like. In particular, trying to maybe find the back part of the camp where they said Mondath likes to keep some of the uh, special treatment prisoners, as it were. Great. Just for clarification, this is actually not the main camp for the cultists. This is a, yeah, this is a rear guard to prevent people to get to the rear camp. Okay, so what, uh, how big is this camp as far as like fortifications? Cultists, kobolds, a lot of them. Uh, this little area, it's actually pretty scrappy. Just like a tent or two, some like bedrolls, one fire. Imagine like, yeah, you and your friends went camping. So kind of things you would normally see around there. Just one fire, maybe a couple like sleeping arrangements. But it's just you five here. The rest of the people who would inhabit this quote unquote camp are on the road, still keeping watch. Gotcha. 
Okay, so I would have gone into the nearest tent and just started rooting around trying to find anything that looked uh, informative. Okay. Go and roll me a stealth check. All right. With guidance, that is a 19. Um, as you go to get your tea, you do a, don't want to say bob and weave, but you uh, head one direction strategically enough to where as you pass by a tent, you quickly go under it into the tent as well. Um, you can do an investigation check to see what's going, what, what is here and what's uh, going on. Yeah, let's do it on 18. 18, okay. Um, this tent is pretty sparse, probably has about two people, two residents that could sleep in here. There are packs, all their personal items are here. Um, as you're going through, there don't seem to be many personal tokens or items here, but you find that the packs are heavy. And as you open up, you see why. There is a ton of dishes that are really nice, um, money, some jewels even, uh, gold, valuable items, just things that are like that you've seen Bevan lock in a safe. And this pack is just loaded with it. And you go to the other pack, and it's also got a decent amount of weight to it as a result of that. Okay. Is there any chance I find any... You know, scrolls, papers, things that look like they might have information on them. Unfortunately, not with that roll of an 18. Okay. So, uh, noticing that my eyes kind of pop out of my head, take mental note, these guys are loaded, and kind of slip out the other side. Uh, we'll grab some tea inside if there is any to be found. Yeah, you, you were able to grab some tea. I mean, you have some in your personal stash, I imagine, as well. So you can just pretend like you got it somewhere in the camp. So Yeah, so I slip out the other side of the tent from where the fire is. And as um, this tiefling calls for me, I come scurrying around the side of the tent with the tea and uh, start preparing it in the pot. All right. Fleeple, you prepare your tea without consequence, the conversation having gone silent for a bit with the censure from the blue tiefling, and uh, the tea is handed out. And as I'm handing it to the tiefling, I just glance over at Malalance and go, <laughs> no recruits, right? <clears throat> and uh, immediately put my head down and hand the cup. And uh, the tiefling just goes, hmm, hmm. And uh, there's just silence. As they're drinking their tea, looking around, a bit of a bored expression on their face, more of a lounging type posture and behavior here. The female half-orc, she's got a knife out and she's digging under her fingernails, getting some of the dirt out, clipping some of them, shaving off her fingernails. I want to kind of try and size these guys up because now that I know it's just us three and them in this entire camp. So we're probably far enough away from the rest of the group that if things were to kind of go south, as it were, we wouldn't alert the rest of the group. I mean, that's a good point. I realize I didn't describe that entirely well. Uh, I imagined that this would be maybe 100 feet away from the road. So not not necessarily like a 15-minute hike, but not right off the road to where somebody maybe a quarter of a mile could see the camp, if that makes any sense. They, they wanted to be near the road to where they could scout, but not too far away where they're splitting the party too terribly much, if that made sense. So that was my intent with the distance of the campsite. So they probably would be able to hear us if things got ugly. If, if it got ugly and it got loud, probably. Okay. Hmm. So I uh, am going to uh, take a moment of boldness and look up at the tiefling and the half-orc and say... Uh, has 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 Lenathon 
been to the to the camp lately? Go normally persuasion check, specifically because you're a cobalt. All right, persuasion's not great. That's a twelve. They just ignore you. They uh, look over at you like with daggers, and then they just go back to what they were doing. Uh, with the silence in the camp going for thirty minutes, sixty minutes. Short rest has occurred. You could re-roll hit dice if you'd like. Uh, I'm not going to re-roll hit dice. I'm actually going to change something that I'm proficient in. And I'm going to go deception. Oh, very nice. I will definitely roll a hit die. Lance, as you are sitting there thinking about just your current situation, you think back to just your mind naturally drifts towards your past. And as you do, you think of some of the individuals you met, some people you're trying to forget, and you just think back to what you had to do and as a result you feel more confident in the lies that you've had to tell or that you might be able to tell getting your proficiency with deception after a good two hours of just waiting there the older gentleman who walks back into the camp and says all right take it down we're gonna leave in 30 minutes and the half orc and the tiefling they spring right up they they get all of their materials together they start breaking down their tent getting their bedrolls you see other cultists swarming into the camp packing some stuff up just leaving you three near the fire with the big guy or not the big guy no just everybody is about doing their thing uh, the big guy is just going to his own stuff and just grabs a pack and slings it over his shoulder and just and just starts walking back to the road Mal will offer to help specifically like the tent taking down, but all the while keeping eyes open for stuff because I don't know what Sleeple knows. Yep. Roll perception check. Lance. Did the necklace, we the necklace that was taken from us, what was the image on it again? So the image uh, was a triangle with like a long strand and a blue bead imprinted like inside the triangle. So if you were to tie it off, it would be the triangle pointing downwards with a blue bead and then a, a longish string trailing downwards as well. Mal? Perception check two. <laughs> okay. Uh, you you start to look around, but you think better of it and you think, I better stay in character. I, I think it'd be more, it'd be worth your time more to put on this facade rather than try to investigate while people are taking stuff down. So you assist others in... It just being in that somewhat subservient, somewhat, maybe I do need a little bit of a backbone type. And so you're trying to find this weird balance of new new guy slash I can hold my own type of a situation. I'm going to I'm gonna follow the leader guy. I'm just going to say, hey, do I get my necklace back? Well, you're eager, aren't you? Like I said, if you get promoted, you could probably have the same necklace back. But it's not up to me. What does it take to get promoted? It can vary, but you have to impress someone higher up. Like you? Possibly. I'll just let you know that your buddies here you left us with, they're not very impressed with you. Is that right? Yeah. Kind of a take a step back is finally giving himself his the full attention to this conversation. He talked about how this job was beneath him. Rear guard duty is always the worst job for us actual cultists. Well... They were just talking about how they weren't very impressed with even your leadership in the rear guard. How they wanted to take a step above you. As Lance is saying this, I kind of, from the side, like, hey, hey, shh, 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 and I glance over at the tiefling and the half-orc, and then back toward Lance. And when I notice this big guy looking at me, I just put my head down and start helping pack up the place. And Lance, go and roll a deception roll with advantage, with uh, Fleeple helping out there. Ooh, 
That's going to be 19. Is that right? Yeah. Didn't think it was very loyal to the cause. Those magic users, they always think they're a step above of everybody else. And all kind of like smirk on me. <laughs> they're so confident until you get a knife to their throat. Keep an eye out on them. I'll just nod and kind of walk walk away. You know, just to kind of like meze on over somewhere else. Just like kind of like acknowledging, but not like I got an order. Okay. All right. Unless there's something else, uh, within the 30 minutes, the camp is torn down and everybody gathers on the road and the leader goes, all right, we move to the camp. You too. And he points to uh, just two random cultists. He goes, you watch our rear. And so they just quickly disappear into the trees and goes, all right. And so you just walk towards the camp. A good hour of kind of meandering, but... You know, you're not marching. You're not running. Uh, it's a somewhat casual run, uh, casual walk to the camp. But within the hour, you start to see fires going into the air, rather smoke going into the air. And you see random individuals popping in and out of the road, some of them with black cloaks, some of them not. Certain individuals hail the, the party that you're with and the leader raises his hand, just kind of grunts. And you start to walk down this slope. And as you walk down the slope, you see in this secluded... I know I originally said it was a type of a kind of caldera. I imagine caldera is to be very large, right? This is not quite as large as a caldera. It's more of a secluded, whether it was natural or unnatural, it slopes downward into this valley almost. But the valley has three cliff walls rising above it if that makes any sense as you as you go into the valley the cliff walls slope slope upwards to where this is a natural basically the camp can't be surrounded except on top of these cliff walls if you will the cliff walls slope gently upwards to a total of 150 feet yeah we'll we'll say 150 feet so we're in a large bowl essentially Yes, yes, thank you. A large bowl with your one entrance. And there are a, this, uh, once you see this, this is the camp. It's very obvious this is the camp. You see tents strewn about in this bowl area. You see kobolds, you see half-orcs, you see cultists, you see a guard tower coming in. You see people milling about. And it looks like there are a distinct, even just doing a general walkthrough into the camp here there are two general the two general areas that the interrogated cultist talked about this first one is just scattered with kobolds everywhere the kobolds are kind of fighting over some food they have their own campsite they have their own tents they are fighting amongst each other some of them are playing games and it looks like they're is a second area of the camp further in, closer to the back wall. That seems to be where most of the black-cloaked individuals are. As you enter the camp, most of the people that are accompanying you, they actually take off their black robes, and they stuff them in their packs, and they, uh, like, uh, stretch, and they, uh, like, they're taking a little bit of a weight off their shoulders there, and they talk to the leader, and essentially say, go off on their own now that they are officially in the camp here. They go off to their own tents, go to their off uh, to their area as well, but you have successfully entered the camp here. Some things to note, some obvious characteristics. First and foremost, 
There is the one guard tower that you had initially passed right in the entrance. So with these guard towers, there are people that are looking about. You don't see anybody on... Uh, as opposed to the guard towers, you don't really see anybody milling about on the actual edges or the cliff sides of the camp. And like I mentioned, these cliff walls, they can go up 150 feet upwards. They slope upwards the further east you get into this bowl-like area. And there doesn't seem to be anybody patrolling. The attitude of the camp is pretty lax. It's there, Nobody's really on high alert. Just seems to be another day. And as you walk through level one and you get closer to the eastern portion which i'll call level two where more of the humanoid figures are you see that there's a little bit more structure a little bit more order here less creatures more more people wearing their black robes but also more people that look like they could be in charge and have authority there is a massive tent that is on the eastern portion right next to the wall it's about a good maybe 30 by 30 foot tent and around it at every single wall like part of the tent there are guards there is two guards and a drake at each wall of the tent and the whole camp is lax except for that one area and as you look even further east, there seems to be a little cave opening into the actual wall of the uh, little bowl-like area here. Welcome to the camp of the cultists. And that's where we'll end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. Dang. So, so uh, I don't know how much you can reveal, but were you expecting us to surrender to the cultists? No, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I was prepared for everything except for that. But yeah. how pleasantly surprised was I for that? That was a uh, that was some good uh, that was some good acting and deception there. Yeah, dude, <laughs> Lance sowing the dissension among the leadership. That's <laughs> yeah. Sick. Well, okay, that this is the thing, so Lance, as soon as they started firing, Lance is like, I'm gonna get down on my knees and be like, don't kill us, don't kill us, because he expected Lance is scared out of his mind, but at the same time, like, he expected Mal to take on the role of being like, I'm gonna be tough. And then when Mal did it before... <laughs> He was like, crap, one of us needs to be tough. And so he's just like, I'm tough. I like that whole reversal. That was I'm well so tough. And he's, he's, he is, yeah. he's peeing himself a little bit. <laughs> this is a role he usually does not take on. But he thought. So you're, you're saying he's going to wear that robe to not reveal the piece? Yep, exactly. No, that robe is fully buttoned That's why up. It's a brown robe. Full button up robe. <laughs> But yeah, I honestly was. But as soon as Todd was like, you get attacked, I was like, okay, I'm going to get down on my knees. But then as soon as Mal did that, I'm like, ah, they're just going to think we're weaklings. We have to. Sh-. And so, that, 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 I mean, that's what, you know, I thought Lance would think. So I'm like, okay, I got to act right. tough because we got to show that we have some desire to be here. <laughs> nice. Well, and that oh, tension man. between uh, uh, Mal and the other half work, that was uh, yeah. palpable. That was good. Um, good stuff. We'll see what happens on our next episode of iCast Fireball. Thanks so much for listening and joining us this week. It really does mean a lot to us that you would take the time to listen. We just are really grateful that you find our adventure as enjoyable as we do. Um, if you 
enjoyed it so much that you feel comfortable giving us a five-star review, please feel free to do that to help boost our ratings and help other people get in touch with this podcast to where they would also enjoy discovering what's going to happen as they infiltrate this cultist camp here. You can also reach out to us at our email account, iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. If you just want to say hello or tell us what campaign you're doing or uh, crazy stuff that happened when you ran the Tyranny of Dragons campaign, or if you really want to push that battle royale we mentioned last week, um, we could we can make it happen. We just need people to cast their votes. Now, to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. There, you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insights from players and the Dungeon Master behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world, and maybe a little surprise. Just want to give a quick shout-out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident cobalt, Ned, takes a turn as the GM and runs a mini one-month adventure using the Fate Accelerated Tabletop system. They just wrapped up their office-themed adventure, and they're about to start their Animal Crossing-themed adventure here. It's going to be a load of fun, so whether you like tabletop systems, improvisation, or hearing more from Ned, we recommend you go give them a listen. Lastly, like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers, but... Until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>